Hey everybody, it's Wednesday night and we get to spend a few moments together again for the midweek moment. And I want to encourage you and remind you that we have service every Sunday morning at 9.15 and 11.15. You can worship with us here in person or you can worship with us online. YouTube, Facebook, you can do it through our app. A lot of different ways to connect with us. Uh, we just launched our small groups on Sunday mornings and we launched uh, small groups on Wednesday evenings. So we're providing different opportunities for you to get connected, for you to grow in your faith. So take advantage of those opportunities. But tonight we're going to jump back into the book of James, and we're going to be looking at uh, chapter 3. So make sure you share tonight. Make sure that you share tonight's study, and let's get as many people on board as we possibly can. I love the book of James. I really do. It's so practical and yet so powerful. We know that James is talking about the importance of faith. And I kind of feel like the theme of James' letter is having authentic, real, genuine faith. It's one thing to say you have faith. It's another thing to demonstrate your faith. We find out in chapter 1 that James talks about faith in times of trials, that our faith will be tested, but it's our faith that gets us through the test. In chapter 2, we know that James talked about uh, authentic faith and how it affects how we treat people. He addressed some issues uh, in the church of people coming in and people that were wealthy being treated differently than people who weren't wealthy. And uh, James said there's no place for partiality or discrimination in the church. That's not real faith. And then here in chapter 3, he talks about faith and how it affects what comes out of our mouth our words, what we say. That's why in verse number 19, in chapter 2, James said that we should be quick to hear and slow to speak. Quick to hear and slow to speak. When it comes to our words, I have to admit that sometimes I, and probably you, we speak without thinking. And how many know that's not good? When we, when we just start saying stuff and we're not really thinking about what we're saying. And then sometimes we don't think about what we're saying until after we say it, and then we think, why did I say that? But if we're smart, if we're mature, then we're going to think before we speak. And when we think before we speak, our words can have a much more positive impact on the people that we're speaking to. So James gives us some insight here in chapter 3 on how to monitor our mouth how to monitor or put a governor on our mouth. Here's what he tells us. First of all, words have influence. In chapter 3, verse number 1, Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church. For we who are or teachers, or we who teach, will be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect. That means mature, developed and could also control ourselves in every other way. So it appears that there were people in this particular congregation that wanted to teach. Uh, they wanted a platform. They wanted to get up and talk. And uh, James is not saying it's wrong to want to teach. Teaching is good. And uh, some people are called to teach. But what James reminds them here is that teachers or people who speak regularly, they're going to incur a stricter judgment. I realize as a teacher of the gospel that when I stand before the Lord, I'll be judged for how I live my life, 
but I'll also be judged for how I spoke and how I addressed people and how I managed the Word of God, what I said, what came out of our mouth. All of us will be judged by what comes out of our mouth, but teachers, James said, will have a stricter judgment. The reason for that is a position demands greater responsibility. So teachers must be careful to say the right things, uh, to teach truth, to speak truth. Uh, we must be careful that even when we correct, we're building and not destroying. So James tells them that because teachers, again, will have a stricter judgment. But what comes out of our mouth is important not just because we're teaching, it's important because what comes out of our mouth has influence. So I think what James says here is not just for people who want to teach in the church, I think he's addressing all of us as Christians. And he reminds them, and he reminds us that we all make mistakes, uh, we all come up short, and we all stumble in many ways. None of us are righteous, no, not one. And James is talking about, again, what comes out of our mouth. And he said if we could, if we could control and manage what comes out of our mouth, our words, then we would be much more mature, much more developed, uh, much more further down the line in our spiritual walk. So in essence, what James is saying is words matter. Words really matter. And I believe that wrong words are just as damaging as wrong actions. So many times in Christianity, we just think about, you know, good behavior, bad behavior, and that's important. But how about good words and bad words? How about positive words and negative words? What comes out of our mouth is important. And James is saying in our faith walk, we need to develop our faith and maturity so that we can manage better the words that come out of our mouth. And then he gives us an interesting illustration here about how words influence. Chapter three, verse number three. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. What an interesting illustration James gives to us about the influence of words. Two things, he says, a bit and a rudder. Now we know a bit goes in a horse's mouth, and a bit is maybe, I don't know, what, four inches long? And that bit can control that strong horse. Horses can weigh anywhere between a a, a thousand and two thousand pounds. And uh, most thoroughbred horses that run in the Kentucky Derby or races like that uh, weigh, you know, probably 1,500, 1,800 pounds. And these horses are massive, they are strong. And yet a rider on a horse can control the direction, influence that horse on where to go. Go left, go, go right, stop, go forward, whatever the case may be, a bit. Then he talks about a rudder on a ship. And if you've ever been on a big ship, and a cruise ship, an ocean liner, or seen a large military battleship, those ships are massive. I don't know how many tons they weigh. And when you look at the rudder on the ship, it is so small in comparison to the size of the ship. And yet again, James in his illustration says that the pilot of the ship, like the rider of a horse, the pilot of the ship can control the direction of that ship, can influence the direction of that ship, even in strong winds, even in rough seas. So the application that he's giving to us is, 
we must learn to control, to manage our tongue, to manage the words that come out of our mouth, not just as teachers, but as people, and particularly as followers of Christ. And when we can do that, we have influence. We influence our life. We influence the lives of others that we're speaking through. Now, here's the key. A, a, a bit and a rudder are only as effective as the person that is on the horse or controlling the ship, okay? If you put me on an ocean liner, bad things are going to happen because I don't know how, even though I can control the rudder, I don't know how to really manage that ship, danger. You put me on a horse, and, uh, uh, you know, my experience on horses has been well documented. I've shared it from time to time here at New Life. Uh, I love horses. I think they're beautiful animals. I've ridden horses a few times in my life, but uh, I'm not a good horse rider, okay? And, you know, horses have instincts, and horses know when somebody gets on them, they sense if that person knows what he or she is doing. So every time I get on a horse, that horse immediately senses this guy's clueless. <laughs> he doesn't know what he's doing. And every time I've ridden a horse, no matter how much I've tried to turn, come on, boy, come on, trigger, you know, that horse didn't want to go where I wanted him to go. So even though the bit is effective, it's only as effective as the person that's managing the bit or managing the rudder on a ship. I remember one time a friend of mine, when we were younger, went horseback riding, went out to a horse stable and rented horses, and it was awful. I mean, neither one of us knew what we were doing. And those horses went wherever they wanted to go, and they went nowhere that we wanted them to go. It wasn't because the bit's not effective. It's because we didn't know how to utilize the bit. And James is saying to us that we must learn to manage our words. We must learn to take control and responsibility about what comes out of our mouth because our words have influence. They can have a positive influence or they can have a negative influence. Our words can direct our life in a good direction or in a bad direction. And our words can affect the direction of other people's lives in a bad direction or a good direction. How we speak to our children is important. What we say to our children is important. What we say to one another is important. And we're living in a day and time when People are so angry and people are so divided and uh, we just call people names. We accuse people of doing different things. We degrade people. We talk down to people. I don't think there's any place for that in the church. So James again is talking about the importance of managing our words. And faith matures as we learn to manage what comes out of our mouth. Let me share two scriptures before we close tonight. In Psalms 141, verse 3 and 4, it says, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth, and keep watch over the door of my lips. Proverbs 18, 21, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Notice the psalmist said, set a guard. Set a guard, a garrison. Help me to manage my mouth and keep watch over what comes over my out of my mouth or through my lips. And then the writer of Proverbs, Solomon said that death and life are in the power of the tongue. 
Death and life are in the power of what I say. I can speak death to people or I can speak life to people. I can speak death to myself or I can speak life to myself. We don't need to go around saying all the time, I can't do this and I'm a loser and I'm a failure and, and God won't forgive me and God doesn't love me. We're speaking death when we speak that to ourselves, or we say that to someone else. We need to speak life. I can do all things through Christ. I am a child of God. Nothing is impossible because I serve a mighty God. We need to speak life to people. And the, and the words that come out of our mouth is like fruit. It's either good fruit, nourishing fruit, sweet fruit, or it's rotten fruit. So James again tells us we have to be conscious of what comes out of our mouth, not just as teachers, but as people, and particularly as followers of Jesus Christ. So let's concentrate this week. Let's focus on really managing our words. Let's think before we speak. Think about what we're gonna say. Think about how it's going to affect the people that hear what we're saying. Let's use our words as a positive influence. All right, that's a challenge for both of us. I'll see you next week. Take care.